Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, The Deep Dive, featuring your esteemed hosts, Andy Monitor and Drew Dinzik, powered by Betsperts. Oh, look at this. You can tell producer Dan's not here because I can't even get this picture off. <laughs> it's the lady lied. It's not Drew and Andy. It's Drew and Mike. <laughs> Obviously, if you guys follow along, Drew's on vacation this week. I gave producer Dan the night off, so it's been, it's a lonely studio for me here. Alex is gone this week for the Daily Show. It's it's a lonely week, and it's a busy week. And yeah, we do welcome in. I didn't even do the welcome to the deep dive thing like Drew does. I don't think I can do it, Drew. Drew, that's Drew's <laughs> thing. Like, it's not one of those where I've been dying to do that for years. It is that's Drew's thing. I'll leave that to him. But yeah. Do welcome in, and I thank you for your time, Mike, stopping by, talking some college basketball with me on a, on a beautiful Wednesday here, kind of in the heart of college basketball tournament time. We're starting to get to the point where there's multiple games. We've already started the, you know, get right into it. We're, we're at the point where some of these are starting on neutral sites where they're forced to play games at 1030 in the morning. My time is just the really the best time of year. It really is, man. There's nothing better. Thanks so much for having me, Andy. It is an honor to be here to talk college hoops. It's March. Once that calendar turns, we, you and I were talking off air. We'll see you in April. We'll see you in May. We'll see you when it's all over, man. But it's great. It's awesome stuff. Yeah, I know we were talking about that in the chat today, though, the Rothstein thing where we, we sleep in May. And I, looked, <laughs> I'm looking, and I said, yeah, it's fine. That's fun. But you know what? The title game's on the 4th. I'm, I'm going to sleep on the 5th. The fifth. Like, I, yep. I'm not the staying fifth. up for an extra three weeks. Like I need, I need a nap between the title game. And, those are, the The national championship game is on April fourth, and the Masters is that Thursday. Yep. So like, there's like yep. a two day break there, and then it, it's go time again for another big event. So it is really, a, really a ripping good time, especially if you get into multiple sports. And after the Masters, we end up with a couple of tennis slams, and then. Mm -hmm. Maybe baseball is going at that point. Lord knows what we're doing oh, with baseball okay. at this point. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll just start off with a little about you, Mike. Tell people kind of what you do, what you're all about. Uh, I know you're obviously big into college basketball, but I think you dabble in some other stuff and you do some content on your end too. Yeah, it started, uh, gosh, about six years ago where I just wanted to start getting into betting, fantasy football, college hoops. I'm a college hoops junkie. Always have been. My two best friends and I celebrate March Madness. We go to a watering hole. We've done it now for, gosh, I mean, over 25 years. Hang out there. Just have a good time. Watch the games. And so it just became, I want to write about it. It became, I want to talk about it. It became, I want to bet it. And uh, now that sports betting is legal in so many states, especially where I am here in the East Coast, um, it's just the best time of year in the lines. And I've had a great opportunity here with 4 for 4 football to join them and start doing some previews with BetSperts and 4 for 4 just an awesome group of people. So I love it. It's fantastic. And like you said, best time of year. And it's the tournament to me, Andy, is like life. There's a beginning, there's an end, there's ups and downs and last second shots. And I can tell you about the goal 10 that shouldn't have happened when SMU lost with Nick Moore a bunch of years ago or when Western Kentucky hit that three to beat Drake. I mean, there's so many things that we could all associate with, man. But I'm just happy to be here to talk about it. Yeah, and, and really, I've, I've said this for years, that I almost enjoyed these two weeks more than the actual tournament. The tournament's great. There's so many great moments, especially, you know, some of the some of the wild moments you see, especially in the finals, some of the yeah. big final four games, the Cinderella runs, yeah. you know, the surprise wins, the goofiness that is the tournament. But, like, there's those breaks. Like, there's no games Monday, Tuesday. You know, you have those breaks in between, nope. which maybe is a good thing. But, like, from, you know, from here through Selection Sunday, there's just no break right now with this. And I, I do really enjoy conference tournament time. And uh, you do get just a miniature break there. Before, I can remember when they didn't have play-in games. It was weird. I was doing some deep dives on, no pun here, but on on some stuff. Yeah. Honestly, I just get into, I start writing and I get into these rabbit holes. I'm sure you do this sort of stuff yeah. too. But I think it was the, the NEC was the first bracket to start, the first tournament. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, man, they haven't won a game in a long time. So I went back and looked. They haven't won a game. They haven't actually no. won a tournament game as the NEC. Yep. They've won some play-in or you know the the play-in games, the mm -hmm. the extra game. And I went back and looked. They had the extra game in '83 and '84. Like no. I didn't know. I didn't know that. I had wow. looked at the brackets that close. Like 
like for some reason they had those they had like 68 teams back then too i thought it was some new thing but yeah looking at old random brackets was weird and as it turns out the last technically the last nec team to ever win a tournament game was a mac team now maac it was iona yep yep when they were when they were coached by velvano in like 19 oh my goodness wow it was, it was deep and it was called like the eastern conference uh-huh. metro atlantic you know something kind of was it was some random name of conferences back then but it, it is wild going back into some of that stuff as you dig into these and um yeah i just uh kind of talk about your process here as you get into these i know you're writing some previews you're working on some of the especially i'm, I'm excited to read some of your stuff on the big tournaments yeah, yeah. Every year I've done previews, I've skipped the big five and the big east because it's mm-hmm. like, man, I, I don't bet a lot of those games. I don't pay as much of attention to those. I watch games, but I'm so out of tune with the big conferences for the most part. I'm like, yeah, somebody's going to do a better job of that than me. So, I, and I know a lot of those don't start until next week. Yeah. Like, how, how set up are we on those? I mean, how many more games? Is it two or three more games in some of those leagues still? Yeah, some of them are, are are rough. The Big East is near me, so I'm used to that, you know, noon game between the eight nine, you know, and and I I love it. I mean, some of those games have been a lot of fun, and and you can get good seats for those because people just wait for the semis and the finals. But it's awesome. I mean, the 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 small ones for you and I who love hoops. I mean, the Ohio Valley, the Missouri Valley Horizon. I mean, that that's great, great stuff. I mean, we could talk about Northern Iowa for as long as you want tonight. I mean, there's so many parts of that. But the big ones are the ones where I think the casual fans come in. And when the casual fans come in, that's when it's great because that's when college basketball really shows how great it is when people come in and they see teams and players that we've seen all year long. And they're like, how is this team good? How is Oral Roberts good? Well, if you watch them, we know. So I think that's where we get an advantage uh, in situations like that. My favorite one from last year was Abilene Christian against Texas. Loved it. Shaka in the tournament, always frisky, right? And it's always an issue, although he's found a home in Marquette. But that's the joy is like we've seen the teams. We've watched them in the tournament. I still remember texting my brother-in-law two minutes in to the Middle Tennessee State, Michigan State game, the 215 game with Giddy Potts from years ago. Two minutes in, I said, get to a TV. There's a problem. Because you get that sense, you get that feeling sometimes in these tournaments. And even last year with the Big East, one of my long shots was Georgetown all the way through to the finals because you just see the brackets and you see the matchups and you say, you know, something can happen. So I guess that's my favorite part of it is that all the games we watch, all the, the things we paid attention to all year long, and you get like a little glimmer. And then you see a bracket in a conference tournament and say, you know, I think this one could work. And to see it actually happen, you get like 20 wrong, but if you get one right, it's worth it. Yeah, and that's uh, I've had those where you get twenty wrong. Like, yeah, yeah. I can remember, I can remember where I was sitting, not only where, but like what part, what table I was at at mm-hmm. a bar. Yeah, yeah. When Michigan had the problem with the plane and they slid yes. off the tarmac yes. and yes. they had to wear like practice jerseys, and me and my buddies are like, we're betting against this team, <laughs> <laughs> and we did it. I think we bet against them three games in a row before we just said we, we're betting on this team. We're, we're getting yeah, all our yeah, money back yeah. on this team, and that was just a weird – like that team wasn't it – was, it wasn't a bad team, but it wasn't a team that should have done that, and that's uh, – that is and like you talked about Oral Roberts, that came up with somebody else today. It's like, mm-hmm. you know – the casual fans saw what they did in the tournament. Yep. They were like, they were like the fourth or fifth choice to win the summit. If you yep. looked at the odds when that tournament yep. started mm-hmm. like that, the summit league always gets weird. And I honestly don't think it gets weird this year. So SDSU is really, really good, but SDSU has been really, really good some other years. And so we've had chaos, but you have, you know, I, I never know how to say the guy's last name, but Max Abmus, Ab, Abmus, Abmus, like Ab- it's so hard. It's like ace in the hole, but it's A-B-M-A-S. It's Abmus. Yep. I know because it's been like a, I, I I don't catch any of those games outside of box scores. <laughs> right, right. You can go find him on ESPN Plus, but it's like, man, I've seen the guy's stats, but I haven't watched him play since like the yeah. tournament, really. And yeah. um, but like, yeah, but the casual fan just blown away by what's happening in the big tournament with them winning a couple games. Like, mm-hmm. shit. I mean, they weren't supposed to get past like North Dakota State, but this was this yep. is a team that wasn't supposed to win anything in their conference. So that there is something to that. And that maybe my next question is how you approach some of these you know from a betting predictive or even just i know some people do pools with these those are a lot of fun there's a pool that you you pick a your winner for every tournament and you 
you only get points if your team wins the tournament, yes. yep. but you get the points based on their seed. So if you pick a lower seed, you can get more points if they do win. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people enjoy those and I play in some of those sometimes, but I, I do try to pick a winner in every tournament. And it seems like, like, you know, the Oral Roberts thing does happen where you get team that has like, uh, I was looking at one earlier. I'm trying to think who it was. They have a transfer from, uh, they had a transfer from Tennessee that transferred down. Oh man, that's it's going to bother me. I'll, I'll think. Yeah, yeah. I think it maybe is the Big South, but because the, well, you can't keep up on transfers. There was a thousand in the offseason, literally. Yes. Like yep. the transfer yep. portal was packed, jammed full, and but you end up with these teams, these mid majors. They get a transfer down from a, a major conference, and this guy has four years or three years of yep. action as a bench player for like Tennessee, and it's like, well, this is the sixth best team in the conference. Mm -hmm. They might have the best player. Yep. And those teams are kind of scary every year because I mean we saw it today like a five a five win team got a win this morning because yep. uh, the best player I mean their best player got in foul trouble early and then he fouled out and they were nothing without him that was yep. that was rough watching. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I the you know one that jumped off the page to me this year I can't Andy quit Oakland. I, I just, I can't in the horizon and they were on fire, right? Nine and one, 16 and five overall rolling had the loss to Milwaukee away. Who's been so disappointing Milwaukee, my goodness. But then they lost three in a row. They lost to Northern Kentucky, Wright state, Youngstown state, but I just can't quit them. Jamal Kane transfer from Marquette. Exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Transferred down to Oakland and he's flammable. And listen, they will chuck it. They are fun to watch. Campy is a veteran coach. Everybody loves him. Got to the finals last year. They almost beat Cleveland State. But you're right. Finding those players that transferred down. Or a weird one for me is I watched – I love Wyoming. I watched Wyoming lose at home to San Diego State the other day. Matt Bradley going from Cal – and that's weird because Cal is in the Pac-12 but is yeah. not a, a more historic program than San Diego State. And Bradley is just dominating. So sometimes you get – the big player going down to a, a smaller school like Oakland, like Kane, and he's killing it. And then you get a guy like Bradley who you think, I don't know how this is going to go because he, he's not going to be the man at San Diego State. And he is. I mean, just spin move after spin move. I was dizzy watching him with a big win for them. So um, that's the stuff that's fun. And this year, the transfer portal, I think, has given us an advantage to handicap some games because we're on top of it and we know the players who've come up and down. And a lot of times I think the advantages in these odds are the, are the names, you know, people are just going to pick the names. They're going to see the record, for example, and they're just going to go by and ignore it. But I think that's where the value really lies. And I, I rarely pick a favorite. The one I'm struggling with the most this year is Ohio Valley conference, which I wrote up for, for bet spurts at four for four because Murray state is a juggernaut. But I, I really – I'm not going to pick Belmont because they just don't match up well. Yeah. But, you know, Southeast Missouri State in the second round, you know. I, I ended up I, – I did that one today or yesterday. I don't know. It all runs together. And I got to the end and I said I, – and I do hate taking the chalk. Yeah. I, I, it, it stinks. But there's a couple of these. It's like I'm looking at it and it's like, yeah, Gonzaga could lose. Yep. But like, at what, again, you have to look at the price and start converting those out to a percentage. But like, do, yeah. do we think they lose one in, you know, one in thirteen or however That's many? It. You know, it, it just it, yeah. doesn't, just doesn't happen. And I looked at Murray State up and down. I just kept looking. And I, it's funny, like you said, I went past Belmont so fast. So like fast, Belmont, yeah. Belmont at plus two fifty or whatever no. they were at. I'm like, I laughed. Yep. I said, I can't. But they, they they lost the two games to Murray State by a combined fifty five points. Oh, crushed! They were laughers. They were just crushed at home yep. and on the road. So yep. it's just like it's just a horrible matchup. And then the way that they seed some of these tournaments, and you know, uh, that that's a big part. Again, I've told this story a million times. The reasons I started doing these previews was because I was so effing confused about how all the brackets worked. Yes. I'm like yeah. every, every time it's like, are these teams playing at home? Or mm -hmm. why, why are these teams on a neutral? Why Very are they, re, you know, all the reseeding, the way they do the buys and stuff. Mm -hmm. And you, you run into this stuff and like, yeah, like the OVC, you have – you have teams that are in the semifinals ready, or you, you know, yep. you have teams that get by like that. It's like, man, if Murray State had to play like four games, if Murray State's in, in a bracket like the Big Ten or yep. the ACC and everybody's in and they got to play a bunch of games, I, I could bet against them, but they were minus 175. I said, man, if you, if you had to bet this, I'm like, I really can't make a case for a lot of other teams. And, and the, the same thing with Gonzaga. I looked at their, I said, let's pretend they're on the road. 
-hmm. and I went to, uh, it was Odds Portal, one of my favorite sites for looking mm -hmm. up historic odds. Mm -hmm. And I said, if they were, if they were home to San Francisco and St. Mary's, their presumptive path, again, they're in the semifinals ready because of the triple buy of the WCC, said they were minus 2,000 to both of those teams on the money line at yep. home, minus 650-ish on the road. So throw it in the middle, and you've got minus 1,000 twice. And then I looked at him, like, somebody's hanging minus 390. I said, if you parlay minus 1,000 twice, it's not even getting there. Like, that might be value at that point. And I, I did tell somebody that today, too. I said, if you really want to go against Gonzaga, I think you can wait until the championship game and just bet the other team a straight up. Sure. And then maybe, maybe take them against the spread too, to cover your losses there if they don't win. But I, I, I St. Mary's at five to one, like you might get that price as their money line when they get to the finals, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. I, I, without risking them losing their one game in the semis. So some of these, I don't want to say they're boring, but those kind of are like, those aren't the most fun tournaments because there's just not a lot of chances for high variance stuff to happen in a, in a bracket like that. I, I do like the ones like the, Oh God, I, I got into the, the sunbelt today. Oh, okay. that's a, yeah. that's a mess. Like yeah. that's a beautiful yeah. mess. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Have you, have you dug into that? Do you have any thoughts on who's winning there? Cause I have no clue. It, it, it's, it's wide open, but the Sun Belt is the fun belt, right? Yeah. And so when I look at these teams, I want to see a path. I really get overly involved, Andy, in the matchups, you know, the styles and the contrast mm -hmm. and things that, that maybe shouldn't affect it because it should be independent, but really sort of jump out to me is I would be more apt to bet like a St. Mary's if they had not already beaten Gonzaga. Like I, <laughs> I just think that's going to be anger time. Is, is what that's going to be. Like the idea now, if you pick against Gonzaga, you're saying they're going to lose twice in essence to St. Mary's. And I just can't see that happening. The Sun Belt was really fun for me. I loved Appalachian State all year long. I thought they were undervalued. They were great against the spread. Um, you know, it's not exciting. It's not like high-paced basketball, but they have guards. They have veteran guards, so well coached as well. Arkansas State was one that also jumped out to me because they were supposed to be a lot better this year. You know, they were like the pre one of the preseason top favorites, and down the stretch, lost away at Troy, South Alabama, Texas State, Coastal Carolina. And it, if you talk about coaching, ever since Scott Cross had that unceremonious dismissal from UT Arlington, which was very uh -huh. odd. He came off a 21 and 13 season. They had gone 24 and 11, 27 and nine, 21 and 13. Then he went to Troy. That guy can coach. He can really coach. And I think Troy is dangerous as well. Those are my three off the top of my head with those three that I, that I like, but I, I like coaches, experienced coaches, and I like matchups teams with a style. And that's why Appalachian state, we're going to slow you down. It's going to get sloppy. And we like it that way, which is why it's great, which is why I'm sort of holding back with Oakland because of the amorphous zone and everything, you know. So you you find an angle and you go with it and see if it can actually work. Yeah, I think I, I again my brain is just melted at this point in the in the tournament. I I had to pull up my thing to I ended up I liked South Alabama a little. I just couldn't do it yeah. with the, mm -hmm. the path. I love them, but the path, and again. That's why you run into these tournaments. I do love the reseeding from a, if I'm running, if I'm an AD or if I'm a conference commissioner, I yep. like the reseeding. Yeah, we're a small conference. Let's make sure we get, because like even Belmont, you know, if Belmont were to magically make it happen, like Belmont or Murray State, that's a team that can beat a five seed. That's a yep. team that can beat a four seed. You yep. know, those are, those are teams with bite that can get an upset. Like if you get somebody else through, all of a sudden you're a 16 or a 15. Yep. You don't want that as a conference. So I, I get it. I don't mind mm -hmm. the fact that they try to give the advantages to the top seeds in some of these. Mm -hmm. But I I like the ones where there's no reseeding for, like, handicapping and, you know, modeling purposes, seeing, like, I have a little more certainty knowing, like, well, if, if something goes really weird in this other game, all of a sudden my team gets flipped and they're playing the one seed. Like I, you know, that just screws up the path for me. So I, I do enjoy the ones where you can actually see the pass. And I did end up a little bit on Coastal Carolina, basically saying yeah. the the number is a little big. And if they turn the ball over twenty times, like they do, I don't know, 
four out of five games, yeah, like they're just they might just lose right away. But if they yeah. clean that up, they're like a balanced team that's right up there with the offensive and defensive efficiencies of everybody else. They just they give the other team twenty extra possessions and mm-hmm. they lose a lot of games. But they do have some wins against some decent teams. So I I did end up with a little bit of a. Uh, a little bit of coastal just because i mean down the stretch they'd beat troy they beat arkansas state yeah. early in the season they beat georgia state they had a nice win against actually you know what they beat south carolina mm-hmm. way back in that i i don't understand that box score because they didn't just beat south carolina it's not like not like south carolina some high-end sec school but they beat the tar out of south carolina mm-hmm. and it was it was at home but uh it's a nice win for the chance so that was i think it was 13 to 1 i ended up on them at yeah, and you want when you look at the NCAA tournament and you look at those upsets in the first round where you really can make a move, it's going to usually be a team, like you said, who was one of the best teams in these conferences and then ended up winning the tournament. I tend to shy away, I don't know about you, from getting a a let's say like a, a big upset happens in the Sun Belt and one of the lower seats comes through. I'm just not likely to pick them in the in the big upset against the much more talented team. Like even when Middle beat Michigan State that year, they were the second best team in the conference and they won the conference tournament. So I don't know. I feel like you need to have some pedigree of success during the year. We all love Cinderella, but I'm not taking the seven seed at a conference USA to win their opening round game. I would take a top team in the Sun Belt. You know, if one of those top teams, if like yeah. if Troy went through or App State, yeah, I, I think they could be live. Or I even give a hard look te- Texas State Texas probably State, has yeah. they probably have the yeah. offense to beat somebody. But yeah, I mean, you're right. And we, we brought up the Oral Roberts thing. Like the Oral Roberts thing is so rare. Yeah. Like a, a team that's not a top team. They weren't, uh, you know, one of these 25 win OVC or, you know, a yeah. team that a team that rips through one of the real small conferences with like, you know, they, they have like 28 wins up in the America East, but that gets no respect because it mm-hmm. doesn't matter. And, you know, some of those teams, those are the dangerous teams. I think like the year Mercer beat Duke, yes. Um, yes. like a- Abilene Christian uh, was a fair, what's that Southland? Southland? Yeah, that's the Southland. They were 13 and two. They were 21 and four. They won both games in the tournament last year pretty comfortably. They blew out Nichols in the finals by like 34. Yeah. See, that's what I'm saying is that, you know, combine it with the fact that Shaka, listen, I, I didn't say it was definitely going to happen, but in the, in the, in the hmm. range of outcomes, you're like, could I see with the number one turnover percentage in the, in the country, Abilene Christian intra state game against Shaka? Sure. That's the pedigree. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, like, I feel like Stephen F. Austin, same that's Southland yeah. too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Few that's why all these tournaments are I, I say the last few weeks have run together. All the tournaments have run together for me. Jesus. That had to be like eight, nine years ago. Yep. So we have a I've gone out to Vegas and obviously COVID has thrown a loop for this, but yeah. I've gone out to Vegas for the opening round a lot. Oh, what is that like? Uh, I've never been uh, there. What is it? It's it's actually the busiest weekend in the, of the year for them. Wow. Okay. It's busier than the Super Bowl, New Year's, anything. It's it's an absolute zoo. It's awesome. The sports books are wild because you get you know you get people have some fair sized bets on yeah, some yeah. teams that are that are just uh, you know a game can be well in hand, mm-hmm. and you're you're talking like you know Nova's got the starters out. And these people are living and dying on a backup, <laughs> you know, a backup from a like a, a, a swack team missing free throws because yeah, yeah. they got they got like plus twenty two and the you know the game's over. These people are just so the sports books are wild because of that. And then yep. the uh, the young kids come in and they bet the first to fifteen bets on every underdog. Yeah. So yep. you, you get you you get these you get these uh, you know like the fourteen fifteen seeds and they're like three to one to be the first team to 15 points and sure. they're living and dying on those. And, you know, some of the big moments that I've seen out there, like it just stops everything. The, oh, it's great. The half court, uh, the, the Northern Iowa half court shot. I was oh, at, yeah, Bin- yeah, yeah, I was yeah, at yeah. Binion's playing blackjack. We were watching up here and just like everything stopped and oh, chips are spilling. And um, yeah, no Vegas, if, if anyone hasn't done that, that would be, uh, that would be that would be a solid trip for you guys go. to take yeah. at some point. Like, we we've had so much fun. Yeah, just like you think about, especially if you start if you start betting on some of these outcomes, you really start remembering them too. Yeah. Like yeah. we we made a commitment to bet every first half and second half on a Sunday once, and I can't remember all of them, mm-hmm. but we had A and M second half, A and M second oh half God, over. Yeah, yeah. 
in the game where they were down by like 12 yes. or 45 yeah. seconds left. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting with my buddies at the table and we were just like, man, this might go over if they just keep falling. Mm-hmm. And then they'd stole the inbound. And my guy's like, man, they might win this game. This is stupid. Like, what is this other? We're almost getting mad at the other team. Like they, mm-hmm. they're, they're really screwing this up right now. And you know, that, that was a, that was a wild time out there too. So, so I mean, just all those games and obviously all the upsets, like you mentioned, uh, the middle Tennessee state, I was at the encore outside at the pool watching that. Yep. And there's, you know, a lot of guys are out there repping their gear and there are some guys in, in Spartan green and they were having fun. I saw those guys like two hours later, just couldn't even walk. Like they, they, <laughs> yeah. they, had, they had hit it hard after their team went down because mm-hmm. I mean, that, that was one of the better Michigan State teams of the last, you know, sure. 15 years. Like that team had potential. And mm-hmm. uh, I remember we, we had, uh, we'd, we'd come up with this system from my buddy found it on Facebook or something yep. where you take all the 12 through 15 seeds and just bet them straight up to win. Yeah. And, oh, and yeah. if you don't, and if you don't make money on Thursday, you double your bets on Friday. Oh, okay. Okay. So we, yeah. we didn't make a lot of money on Thursday or whatever it was. So we doubled down and we, so we had middle Tennessee state, like 10 or 20 to one or whatever yeah. it was. And one the of them people, gets through. One of them well, always gets well, through. It, yeah. it, it always like that. We went back and looked, it's like two years out of 20, this didn't make money. Yep. It's not, I hate to sell like this gambling system that guarantees because it, it's just more fun than anything. But it, the, the best part is the asshole next to you at the bar. He doesn't need to know that you bet. 16 different money lines to cash like one or two right all you do is you show them your middle tennessee state 20 to 1 ticket and be like that's it yeah buddy i I mean i had a feeling this was it this was Mm -hmm. gonna happen Mm -hmm. yeah that's it and that's it that takes care of all the other four you get one of those right when i had that abilene christian last year ah it didn't matter i could have got like six or seven right that's the key is you get one you you throw you throw your your fishing rod in the water right you get one and you're good for the rest of the tournament yep yeah, no, it, yeah, it takes care of a lot of problems if you can hit some of those long shots. Yep. Yeah, ACU, that was a fun game. There yep. was a, it was a bit of an upset late in the first round between them and Oral and a couple other ones. I think yep. the the ones and the ones that everybody on Twitter likes, they never come through. Like I think the whole world was maybe it was North Texas or there was a couple where you know the the whole world's like, oh, this is the upset, and then yes. those teams those teams lose by thirty. It seems like. You know, the one that I remember last year, I was racking my brain on. I don't know where you, you fell on it, but I remember the bracket came out and I just threw my pen in the air because I always write it down like old school. When I saw last year that they ended up putting in the first round, what they had, they had like, um, it was Liberty against Oklahoma State. Is that what it was in the first round? And I remember saying, why did you do that? Because we everybody had Cade, right? And, they, and I looked at Illinois and I remember saying, man, Illinois got a great team. They are not getting out of this bracket. I don't care. Liberty was a great matchup. I mean, got contrast in styles. Oak State, uh, that bracket was crazy. I'm like, they're not getting out of it. And it ended up being Loyola Chicago knocked them out, who they really yeah. shouldn't play in the second round. And then Oregon State knocked out Loyola Chicago. So sometimes you see those teams that you really like, and they're in one section, and you're like, this is the blow-up bracket. One of these is going to get through. Yeah, the, the Midwest Regional really was odd with Loyola – like the Loyola Oregon State regional, you know, sem- what a regional semifinal, and then the other side was Cuse, Cuse Houston. Yep. Mm-hmm. So you had you had an eleven, twelve, and an eight in the in the final four of that one, and then Abilene Christian on the other side playing uh, UCLA in the second round. Yep. Mm-hmm. UCLA was a pain in my ass old tournament. That was that was another yep. one where I just didn't come around in. A, in in time really well here well andy here's what's funny that the play-in winner always gets hot yeah. with i always do one bracket a bracket of integrity you know the one the one she could do this five is the one this is the one yeah. I, I i stake my flag on this one yeah right and i and i said okay someone's gonna get hot here i just think it's gonna be michigan state and so i had michigan state i think going to the elite eight or the sweet 16 and at halftime michigan state's up 10 on, on ucla in that game so I'm convinced that there was a sliding doors moment twice last year. Number one, if Michigan State beats UCLA, maybe they're the ones who end up making the final four going all the way through. And the second one was, and I'm partial to it, Rutgers absolutely had Houston on the ropes. And they are essentially, right, Andy, the same team last year. They would have played Syracuse who they could beat and then maybe play Oregon State. So Rutgers could have made the final four. I mean, it's crazy, but it's it's that that sensitive. Yeah, and I'm just I pulled up the bracket to remember all the pain of what I think I think a really 
trendy one was Eastern Washington over Kansas. Yep. Didn't really come to fruition. Some people did pick Colgate over Arkansas, and obviously Arkansas made it a lot further than that. But, yeah, it was that that North Texas-Purdue one. That did come true. Purdue went down. Yep. Mm-hmm. There were there were quite a few upsets early on because the, the Ohio over Virginia, Ohio yep. went on mm-hmm. to play Creighton. And yep. then I, I'm remembering why I was mad at UCLA from the get-go. I think I bet against them in the play-in game mm-hmm. and then maybe just stayed off it for a couple rounds. But we do a thing where – uh, what is it? Third, it would be thirty-two guys throw in a hundred bucks each, yep. and then we draw. Everyone gets two teams randomly, mm-hmm. so you could throw in a hundred bucks and get two sixteen seeds and just sure. push shit out of luck, and you're you're done. But mm-hmm. I had USC and Alabama last year, yep. and if they if they advance far enough, you get your money back. I think if you get to the final four, you make a little more. And I remember licking my chops because of like, oh, BYU and Texas are both out. Like yep. Alabama's Alabama's going to the regional final mm-hmm, at least. Mm-hmm. UCLA UCLA was just not having that. That uh they like I said, painted my ass through the whole tournament. And I had a I guess I did have a Gonzaga ticket from the beginning of the year. Wow. I had a ten to one on them that I never hedged off. So I got wow. all the games but the one that mattered. That kind of leads me to the next one here is do you mm-hmm. have a, do you do any futures? Do you have any? I've given them up. I've I'm done with them completely based on a few things that have happened. Yeah, I the one I did was Purdue, and I'm curious to get your thoughts on Purdue here. I I'm starting to worry, Andy. Like I, I liked everything about them, and Matt Painter is best coach to not make a Final Four, and they should have beat Virginia when Diakite threw that shot in at the last second, and Carson Edwards went bananas in that tournament. But they don't play defense, and they don't get stops. And as much as I think Jaden Ivey is maybe like a, a light version of John Morant. I'm starting to wonder if like why maybe I should try to get rid of that one, put that on prop swap or something, because I, I just I don't see them turning it around. I don't see a team that is outside the top 100 in Ken Palm. And I get by the time the tournament starts, it can be inside. I, I don't see that turning the light on and off, but I, I want to like them because I have future investment in them and they have everything you need. They have bigs. They have veterans. They have a coach. They have a three point shooter. Don't have a really great point guard, but they have everything else. What do you think about Purdue? Yeah, I mean, the probably honestly, they're probably the best team in the Big Ten. Like, mm-hmm. they just they have those moments, and Ivy has those moments, and it's uh, like, and honestly, God, Wisconsin's just lucky. I don't understand Wisconsin winning games. Like, g- yeah. give me, give me anybody over Wisconsin in the tournament. Like yeah. that's that stuff's just not gonna happen all the time. Yeah. Like how how they've lucked themselves into some games, and again, sometimes sometimes a good team can appear lucky all year. And it turns out they were just a good team who got lucky at the right times. And maybe mm-hmm. when they were playing down, like maybe Wisconsin is good. I I'd, I'd like to see it. I think Purdue is probably the class and I don't know. You, you have an experienced coach. Like if he can pull them together for the big 10 tournament, maybe ju- you, you see teams like that who they gel a little in conference tournament play Yeah, because for the whole part of, you know, unless they did something like the Atlantis or the Maui, the Maui Invitational in Las Vegas, mm-hmm. or any of those, you yeah, know, yeah, for yeah. the most part, it's it's been a routine of go to school, mm-hmm. get out to your Tuesday game, maybe a Thursday game, Saturday game at home, travel a little next week, pop around, and now it's like, all right, we're, you know, especially with the the Big Ten, we're gonna go play in a tournament setting neutral court kind of stuff. We're going to play a bunch of teams in rapid succession. Yep. You know, it, it is a different change, a different kind of focus. And then, you know, you do see teams that get through a tournament like that and mm-hmm. they're just kind of a different team come, you know, the, the, the first round. It's like they, they you know, they, they solidify, they gel as a team. And yep. you know, I, if Purdue can do that, they're dangerous. If they don't, they're like dangerous to be a, a really early out as a high seed. Yeah, it's true. And Wisconsin is so young. They're so young. But everyone asks me, and I say the same thing and they get annoyed, it's about the matchups. I can't tell you that a team that I like or I didn't like. I remember Russ Smith was at Louisville. And, you know, his field goal percentage was so horrific. And I saw them. I said, man, they're just going to slip up at some point. But then I saw their draw in the tournament. I said, you know what? This is a pretty good draw. It all depends, you're right, on the team that faces Purdue. They they face a solid lockdown defensive team. Could be a problem, but they may not have that. And they may get just – right now they're 101 on Ken Palm and defensive efficiency. They don't force turnovers. They're, they're near the bottom of forcing turnovers. But if they get on a run, they get some good matchups, you know, yeah, their offense is good enough to carry them. That's for sure. 
And I, I misspoke. I do have a future. I forgot I have a Memphis future, which I don't feel good about yeah, at all. Yeah. Uh, it was it was early in the year when things were going their way with mm-hmm. transfers, and I said, yeah. oh, this, uh, you know, a couple people, I talked myself into it, and then some people talked me into it. And I said, all right, we'll fire away. Mm-hmm. So I, I tend to stay away from a lot of that. But I, I want to say, and I'm looking at the 28, I think it was the 2018 bracket. Mm-hmm. I, I've done well on this. I know some people are way good at this, getting really good prices on some really good teams. Mm-hmm. And I got a really nice price on Cincinnati in 18. Oh, wow. And, and I got a massive price on Nevada, yep. like two, 300 to one. And they were yep. a very good team. And then I think my third one was maybe Kentucky or Arizona. E- either way, they all mm-hmm. got drawn. They all got drawn into the same bracket. Like, yep. They all got drawn into the same region. I had three futures. Two of them played each other in the second round. <laughs> like yep. it's just, it's some of the the variants of how the how the brackets work. It's like I don't know why I do this to myself. Like one of these teams is essentially no. Even if, if everything goes right, one of these teams is gone by the first weekend. Yeah. And and then I, that was, if you remember, that was the Loyola bracket. Like that's the one where Loyola as the so I, Nevada actually beat Cincinnati as the seven, mm-hmm. and then Loyola beat them. Loyola beat K State. That was a really weird one. That was not only was it at the bottom of it all that happened. That was the Virginia losing to yeah. Baltimore County bracket. That's why yeah. Kansas State was in that uh, in yeah. that final too. So that's yeah, that was the Loyola Michigan. Uh, that side of the final four that year so you get you get these nice futures and then shit like that happens to you it's like what what a bad things happen to nice guys like me and you feel and you feel it too i remember watching loyola chicago nevada and my best friend had a huge future on nevada and we're watching it and i said muss isn't going to call time out here he's not and they came down and took that shot and lost to loyola chicago just wasn't his style but i remember watching it go Man, I think he should call timeout because it just wasn't <laughs> his thing. He never does. He believes if he has his best players, he had the Martin brother with the ball in his hands, probably Caleb. He's like, that's it. Let's just go for it. And I get it. Um, but, you know, you, when you're holding that future ticket, <laughs> if it doesn't work out, you think it should be the opposite. But that was a fun bracket for sure. UNBC. All, all those, like Nevada, Nevada, Texas, Nevada, yeah. Cincinnati, and Nevada, Loyola. Like, those yeah. were mm-hmm. sick games. Yep. Actually, Loyola, Loyola, Tennessee. Yeah. Like all yeah. those games were yeah. so good. Like yeah. I, it, it sometimes that helps ease the pain a little. It's like, all right, at least these games were wild and awesome. Yep, totally true. Absolutely. I'm trying to think if that was the, the so Purdue ran a couple. That was the yeah, that was the Texas Tech year. Yep. I remember they made a run. I have people, and and that's the other thing about futures. People think they have such a good number, mm-hmm. and they're just going to hedge their way out of it. And like, yeah. you know, how many games you have to win before yeah. you can hedge out. I remember getting texts and emails or texts and DMs like, I have this Texas Tech number. Yep. You know, every year the, a team that goes deep, hey, I have this. How do I hedge out of this? I'm like, buddy, they're, they've got to win three more games. And yeah. They're going to be an underdog in all of them. Like, yeah. like the hedge move is betting another team on the money line at minus 300. Yes. You know, how many, yes. how many, how much money you have to put on them just to, and then, and then if the, if it loses, yeah. And the next round, guess what? Your 300 to one ticket, it's now a 100 to one because you lost a bunch of money. And I said, you, you essentially got to get some of these teams probably to the final four, if not the finals so before true. you can actually hedge out of it. So yeah. I think, I think you brought up the prop swap. That's, that's maybe a better path than yeah. some of the trying to hedge your way out of it. I know the cash out button is on some of the legal books. And I, I mean, truthfully, those, those cash out numbers, they offer it's you remember the the deal or no deal show yeah. oh yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. like 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 f- you know the, the sports books are not being like what's a really fair number for this you know it's yeah. it's mm-hmm. not it's it's obviously tilted in their favor because it, it, it is a benefit for you like they're they're you're paying for the benefit of being able to hedge out without having to have a massive bankroll on the other side mm-hmm. so if you take those it's it's not the worst deal in the world just because you do get some money out of it but know that you're you're probably paying a little for that convenience fee yeah definitely and 
the 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 biggest hedge where people were kicking themselves was the Texas Tech Virginia one, and then all and then people loved Auburn as well. I mean, gosh, just defend right. He left his feet, and guy made, and you knew when guy got fouled, he's making all three. I mean, there was just there was just no doubt because that's just what that's just what happens. But to hedge or not to hedge is the biggest biggest question, and it can get so tempting. But you're right, the cash out button, forget it. I mean, that you know that's in their favor, of course. Yeah. And it is. It's like it's just like anything that's. You go to a casino. Like, should I take insurance? Why would they offer you insurance and blackjack if it was a good deal, guys? Of course. <laughs> like there, and I and I don't want to hear it from the card counting crowd that because there are ways to make insurance pay if you mm-hmm. know what you're doing and are are you know deep into the math. But yeah. for the most part, if a if a casino offers you something outside of a free buffet, it's usually a bad deal. Yeah. I'm going to be riveted to this Ohio Valley tomorrow. God, I, I, Andy, I want Southeast Missouri State to beat Tennessee State. It's a 4-5 game, but I don't think Tennessee State is knocking off, off Murray. But I think Southeast Missouri State could. You know, almost by two in that last game. I mean, I I just think that – I think – and I have to do some more research on this. If you're a top seed, you're more vulnerable coming off that bye. I just think you can be a little flat. The team played the night before. You know, momentum's a big deal. You get down early. Now there's some confidence. I just don't think these if you're gonna bet these favorites, I just I'm not betting them in the conference tournament game. I just I can't see a scenario where like a Murray State loses to Belmont, but I can see a scenario maybe once every 15 times that Murray State loses to Southeast Missouri State. Maybe I'm crazy. I don't know. I, I'm probably gonna look at taking the points there. And it is, I'm trying to think of which team it was. It wasn't Murray. One of these teams that got to buy. There there are some teams where uh, it was a, it was a higher seed. It wasn't this case as we're looking at the Ohio Valley bracket here. It wasn't a case where they got the double buy, but there was a team that ended the the season on like two straight overtime games. One of them was on the road. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know what? Sometimes I don't like the buy when other teams get to play. And especially if it's, if it's a neutral gym, and it's yep. your first game in that gym. You don't know the sight lines that well. Practice does not equal a game. It's not the same thing. You know, sometimes I don't care for that, but like a team that needs the rest, sometimes it's nice to have the buy. But yeah, like you're saying, these Murray State's not going to play till Friday. You yep. know, some of these teams mm-hmm. are going to, they're going to, you know, Tennessee State or even Southeast Missouri, it'll be their first game, but they'll at least have a game under their belt in the Ford yes. Center. Which I, I guess at least it's there's some consistency to this bracket. Like they do play in Evansville every year, which is just yes, it's so weird that it's it's actually another team's gym from a different conference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like it just I guess Evansville's off not doing their own thing, which I, you know the Missouri Valley goes to what is that St. Louis? Uh, yeah, Arch Madness. Yeah, Arch yep. Madness. Yeah, yeah, there you go. So, yeah, yeah that that's why they can play there. There's not not much going on. Um, did we talk Horizon League? Did I pop that one up? Yeah, that was Oakland. It was Missouri Valley. Last one I wanted to touch on here a little was Missouri Valley. This has been a fun one. I talked to somebody about this the other day. They were asking me, I just got a DM on Twitter and asked like, Hey, where are you finding odds for tournaments? He's like, Mm -hmm. I'm having trouble. And really the first part of it, like there are some books that just don't put up NEC odds because they don't care. Like they're they're not going to put up like the micro majors. You might not get it America East, but I said check here, check here, and we got to talking about old books that used to have stuff. And Five Dimes used to have a no market on every like favorite. So if it if it was the if it was the team that was favored to win the tournament, they'd also offer a doesn't win the tournament. Okay, and and it was it was this one. It was the earliest I've ever cashed a a conference tournament future was Northern Iowa. And and I said like, man, it was the year where I did fade them a lot because they just relied on the three pointer so much. And I'm like, man, if if they go cold, they could lose to like everybody. Everybody could beat them if they don't make them. Cause they had a couple games like that and they lost their opening round game. And that was my tournament future. It was just the field versus Northern Iowa. And it it was a beauty, but um, I don't know about it this year. They do get the buy. They're on the Loyola Bradley side. This is a tough one. Yeah, it's I, a t- I, I struggled with this, and I did end up on a little bit of Missouri State. Yeah, based on all the teams, I'm really worried about are on the on the top half of the bracket. Missouri State can handle Drake. Missouri obviously can handle Valpo and Evansville, 
and I think they make the final at that number. And I don't, I don't hate it. Like, I think it was like four or four and a half to one. Essentially, I said, I think they make the final and they're not a four, $4 dog to Northern Iowa or Bradley. So uh, I like that there, but I, I really struggled. And I wanted to hear your opinion quick on how the top of that bracket goes. Cause I have no clue. I'll tell you, Andy, what I, I what I don't like, cause I, I feel better about who I don't like than who I do to pick a winner. <laughs> I don't like Drake. I I think I've watched their games. Roman Penn is not normal. He he is still bothered by this injury. He's gutting it out because the guy's an awesome player. But they're only shooting 30% from three-point range. So you have Drake, who's not shooting as well as they did last year from three-point range on the season. And you have a banged-up point guard. And what's crazy about that is if you look at their odds – their odds are actually pretty decent. I mean, their odds are, are plus 500. People are going to look at that and say, oh, Drake, they were great last year. They were a cover machine. I think that's recency bias. Uh, I also, I love Northern Iowa. I'm a huge Northern Iowa guy. I do not like Loyola Chicago. They are the four seed for a reason. I think you really do underestimate the impact of losing a great coach like a Porter Mosier. The team that has made me the most money this year, without a doubt, has been Michigan, fading Michigan. It just seemed they lost a lot. And I thought Hunter Dickinson was a little bit exposed in the UCLA game that he's not the second coming of the of a Shaquille O'Neal in the middle. <laughs> and so I think that if you're asking me to back Loyola Chicago at plus 130, has a four seed against Bradley and then playing Northern Iowa and then playing Missouri State or whoever, Drake, whoever, no chance. So I'm not betting Loyola Chicago as the favorite plus 130. I'm not taking Drake at plus 500. I love Northern Iowa. I think they're legitimately good. A.J. Green is a guy who can wreck the game, and they've really come on in the second half of the year. You can get them plus 490. In Missouri State, I have a lot as well. Uh, same sort of thing because I do like going to the, the guy – who can carry you. And Missouri State, I mean, has one of the best. So flammable. Reminds me, Isaiah Mosley, of like a Jordan Crawford from years ago uh, when he had like a double overtime game. Jordan Crawford for Xavier, I think it was, was going nuts. Um, that's that We're on the same boat there. So that, Loyola wouldn't surprise if they lost to Bradley. Wouldn't even surprise me. But I like Northern Iowa, either one on the other side of the bracket. I'm not taking Drake. So it's more that I'm not on Loyola and not on Drake and roll the dice with everybody else. I think I do a lot of that too, where I just start crossing off teams. And at first, like, I think if you don't pay attention, you look at Loyola, if you don't see the seed, first of all, you see their price, like, oh, Loyola's good. But like, yeah, well, what is losing a good coach like, like Mosier and losing Crutwig? And it's, it's, they're trading off their name at this point. And yeah, they had some, again, they had some nice wins early in the, like the win against San Fran was good. That was on a neutral and that was a long time ago. They've had some kind of rough losses to Bradley Drake. I mean, they've lost to basically all the other decent teams. Yeah. I think, I think they are just kind of trading off their name from the last few years. And you'll see people who haven't paid attention to the league, maybe, pile in on them but yeah their their path stinks yeah for what for, and again like price plus path plus matchups and the price really doesn't jive with the matchup in the mm-hmm. and the uh and the especially the path the path is so tough like i did just struggle with the whole top of that bracket looking at that and these are yeah these are like local schools i'm pulling them up on ken palm now like mm-hmm. drake plays some of these shitty little schools that i have friends that have gone to like co co-college down in iowa so yep, yep. i uh yeah but i get accused of not liking drake or northern iowa because i'm from minnesota it's like nah, i just it's just how it works sometimes it's just teams oh. i met against andy i had so much bourbon last year i was putting out on twitter the 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 bur- booker's bourbon i had everything out because every time they'd cover again i'd have a shot <laughs> have a drink of bourbon to celebrate so i love it but just this year i i don't i don't see it they are they're a different team, and you lose Roman Penn. That is rough. I mean, they're only 33% from three-point range, and actually in the Missouri Valley, this is crazy to think, Drake is the worst three-point shooting team in the Missouri Valley. How are we backing a team with a point guard who's limited and is the worst three-point shooting team? That is not, uh, you know, Missouri Valley, Arch Madness. It's not. No. Yeah, and some people are mentioning – 420 for Missouri State at FanDuel. Yeah, okay. I think that's a I think that's a fair price for their. Yeah, I, I think I brought that up. Like they, 
they basically, uh, you know, you start looking at these ones who don't recede. You look at like, what's their probable opponents. Mm -hmm. I started running through it. I think it was like the bottom of the bracket there. Like shit, they're like 10 and 0 against the teams they might play in the first couple rounds or something. Yep. Mm -hmm. There was a, there was a nice path through them. So maybe one of my favorites, although I did have a little bit of a uh, Asheville this morning too. That was one of the ones I picked. Oh, okay. okay. Oh yeah. God. Just when, when you're, when your best player gets in fall trouble against a shitty team, I guess that's how March goes for me. But, <laughs> so uh, hopefully, hopefully Missouri state uh, escapes with a better fate or there, um, you know, like I said, we're at this weird spot where, a lot of these tournaments don't start till next Tuesday, Wednesday. Yep. There's there's games, you know, some teams have two or three regular season games left. The Ivy League doesn't start for like a week and a half because yeah. yeah. it's only two days long. So there's a lot of these we can't talk about yet because we've just been doing a lot of guesswork. Before we run, are there any other conference tournaments that have started? Some of the ones that are starting tomorrow yet that maybe you have some some thoughts on? Yeah, I looking at some of the other ones, I – you know, I have concerns. I mean, the, so the so yeah, it's tomorrow is SoCon, yeah, the Colonial. We talked about the West Coast. Like, what are you gonna do there? Missouri Valley, Sun Belt, Big South, and uh, Friday America, is yeah. Friday Summit in America East. Yeah, America. I mean, Vermont has really. I, I can't. Vermont to me is the Murray State level. Like, you got to find someone who's gonna beat them because they they. I think the second half of the year they've been covering at a crazy crazy rate. Just maybe not in their last game. Um, the one, I'm, the one I'm struggling on is I, I, I want to believe in Liberty <laughs> in the a sun. I always do. Um, but I'm just not sure they're going to open up tomorrow with Limscombe at home. Uh, last six games, they lost away to Jacksonville. They lost away to North Florida over time. They lost to Florida Gulf coast and they went at home overtime to Kennesaw state. So I think like your knee jerk reaction is to back Liberty, but I think that the ACE sun's a little more wide open than people think, especially with the new teams. Yeah. And that's, Oh God, the, the goofiness we had with, uh, and that that's the pain in the ass every year too, is when these teams start moving around, but yeah, yeah I'm, I'm looking at the, so I took in my pre-tournament, I took Jacksonville state. Yeah. That's a good pick. I, I said, I'm ready to fade Liberty, but yeah, what, what are you going to do? You're going to bet on Florida Gulf Coast or like, can right, I, you right, know, right. Beller, Bellarmine, they can't get into the tournament. I, I don't want to say like they have no motivation to go out there and play and win games. They and, play well last year. And that yeah, last, they, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, we've seen this with teams. Not every conference does this with ineligible teams. Like Merrimack is not going to, you know, they, they do that where it's just like, hey, you're out of the tournament because you can't represent us. But, yeah. you know, they, they let they let some of these teams play. I think North Alabama is another one where yeah. they're not eligible because of the transition period. Mm -hmm. And that makes for a weird motivation spot. I was like, man, did they care? Like, right. I, I think they did. And we saw like last year, I think they do care. But it's hard to put a future on a team that gets to the final and knows like, man, this stinks. We made it all the way to the final. That has to That would be such a deflating feeling to me. If if they if they made a run to the final and then they knew like man this could what could have been we could have gone to the tournament if we were if this were next year or two years from now and I, I'd I'd be hedging out of that one pretty hard but yeah, I did end up on on Jacksonville State a lot of it was just you know the the path yes being being this I believe they were the overall one seed. I, it gets confusing when they do these double seed you yeah. know there's two yeah. ones and two twos. But based on the conference record and how they do these, these are hosted at the high site. So yep. if it were to be Jacksonville State and Liberty, it would be in ja – and again, this is another fun one. You brought up Oakland, and you mentioned the casual betters, the casual mm -hmm. watchers. It's Oakland's in Michigan, guys. Yeah, right. And, right. and Jacksonville State, it's in Alabama. Yeah. Like there's there's two Jacksonvilles and one of them certainly isn't on the Florida coast. So there there could be a little bit of a weird travel spot for some of these teams. That was the I think that was why I stayed away from Jacksonville mm -hmm. because their probable path was like traveling from a home game and then they'd have to go play at the other Jacksonville in Alabama and then if they did win that they'd go to Virginia for the finals for Liberty. Yeah. And that's kind of a nasty travel spot. So you, they were the only other team I looked at, but I'm like, man, that would stink for a, you know, a, a series of games for them ended up on the Gamecocks and hopefully they can get it done tomorrow against the Owls. It's Kennesaw. Yeah. Kennesaw right. State Yeah. The, you know, you brought up a good point. I remember that last year. That was a, that was a good win for me. 
Liberty ended up getting to the finals, a son against North Alabama. And the argument there was, what does North Alabama have to play for? Well, in that game, the question became, what does Liberty have to play for? And yeah, they're already in. They're already in. And yeah. that line was something like 15, 16, something like that. And they had lost in the regular season back-to-back games to Liberty by 20. Same score, 74-54. And I grabbed North Alabama saying, I don't know. I mean, this is their Super Bowl. And it was. And Liberty ended up pulling it out. But that's a great point. So if you you get a team in the A-Sun – especially who has an, this is it for them and they're especially in the finals hard to really judge that motivation and and the line will not bake that in so you, they'll just look and say oh they lost by 20 so we'll make it yeah. 16 maybe it's worth a sprinkle you, you and you brought up a good point you kind of flipped it on its head and it makes a lot more sense than what i said like you know what's the motivation for a team that can't go there but in that case no matter what happens the other team is the representative for the bracket yeah. Yep. So, like, what's the motivation for the other team? They're, they're, they've punched their ticket at that point. It does it does create a very odd spot. Maybe they have it right out in the uh, – well, where is Merrimack? Is that an NEC? I believe so. Yeah, Merrimack. I, yep. I think I think they they do say, like, you can't play. And that, that was actually funny. Two years ago, I think it was Merrimack's first year up. Like, Merrimack was the best team in that conference. Yes. Oh, yeah. They, yeah. they weren't allowed to play. I kind of felt bad for them at that yep. point. Very true. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right. Well, I better get home. Wife's uh, <laughs> wife's mad watch at me. Ball, man. Let's go. Yeah, out. I, I guess there's there's games. <laughs> well, yeah. Tomorrow, like again, I'm I'm just looking at the Atlantic Sun. I'm gonna switch back to all games. We got Arlington, Louisiana, mm-hmm. 11:30 a.m. Central, 12:30 on the East Coast. You've got a 2 p.m. game, three for you, South Alabama, yep. Hartford, Lowell at five. Like, there's mm-hmm. college basketball all day long tomorrow, so I do need to get some sleep eventually. Or yep. a long yep. day. Um, where can people find your stuff, Mike? Before we run. Oh, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Randall Rant, and all the great stuff going on at Four Four and Bet Spurts here is is fantastic. And I got my own podcast I do with my best friend, Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast, running around, betting pros, everywhere else. Uh, you can find me. You'll see my stuff. Uh, come at me on Twitter. Tell me I'm right. Tell me I'm wrong. Just tell me something. Right, Andy? That's all I care about. <laughs> yeah. I, the engagement's fun. That's the yeah. fun part. It's like yeah. talking to people about these. But it is a ton of fun this time of year. So I thank Mike for coming on today. Hopefully you guys had some fun. Um, if you're listening to this as a podcast and you're mad that I didn't release it, at night like we normally do it's because i told dan he could go to bed like uh, we don't dan dan's taking the night off it's a busy time for producer dan too so sorry that this got out on thursday morning but such is life it's not football season anymore we're we're in the we're in the off season it's a little more lax um all right we'll take one one question to close it because i kind of been ignoring the chat sure. and i feel bad sure. what top tourney seeds are already in the big dance versus others that need to get in that is a really big next week week question and I yep. think I'm probably going to do some work around that because so real quick, the, the multi-bid league thing, the multi-bid league problem, like Loyola yeah. or Murray, you know, some, some of these teams that are kind of in a weird spot where they're a bubble team if they don't win their mm-hmm. tournament. I think and Murray's in. Murray, I think Murray gets Murray, in. Murray, Murray, Murray would have to like get Loyola will not be in. I don't yeah, think Lo- Loyola Loyal is probably, I think they're first four out for Lenardi. Yep. A lot of other mm-hmm. people have them out. So like this, it gets weird with these smaller conferences. Murray, Murray is almost certainly in like, a lot of things would have to go against them, but if they lose, it bumps other people off the bubble because they're probably just in. And then there's two representatives for their conference. Whereas you know, in like the ACC, in like the Big Ten, what would have to happen for the Big Ten to bump someone? The Big Ten's getting eight or nine teams in regardless. Yep. Like a, such a low seed would have to upset so many good teams to bump some stuff. So like, you know, a lot of these, a lot of these Big Ten, they, you know, the ACC isn't what it was. I mean, we've seen years where they've sent a lot. Obviously the Pac-12 is sending, what, three? Yep. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're a little lower, but they, you know, that. I, I guess I don't understand the question fully, but there are, you know, there's plenty of these top tourney seeds in the bigger conferences, obviously, where they're sending seven, eight, uh, nine, probably for the Big Ten. But I think maybe that's what he's asking on these smaller ones. And it might only be Murray. I, like, here's here's one for you, Andy. I got one for you. What about Iona? 
Iona played Kansas, lost, beat Alabama on a neutral. Yeah, I was going to say the, the win. Alabama has two really weird losses so far. They they lost to St. Louis in that last game there. The other the non-conference, Ryder, Yale, Delaware, Marist. I mean, it's Patino, and you know they're one of the top teams. They were ranked for part of the year, 24-5, and 16-2. and two. They got two games left. They got Manhattan and Quinnipiac. So they could be 26-5, and 18-2. and two. I think they got to at least get to the finals, right? I, I think if they get to the finals and lose, then maybe there's a case. But like where they sit in a few of the rankings, yep. it's probably they're out. But man, that's such a good offense. Yep. I'm not, and I'm not sure who beats them. That that's the other part is like, and they yeah they've lost games. They've lost a couple mm-hmm. conference games, but I'm not sure like St. Peter's. Who, who makes a run at the Monmouth? St. Peter's not... has been scalding hot. Patino just said he wants Holloway to get the job at UMass. He just put that out there. I thought that was interesting. I mean, to hype someone who's in your conference. I get it. It's, it's one of his guys. It, I, and I it, is, it is fun to have a big-name coach in a small conference. I love the I love the Metro Atlantic. I used to play Niagara. Like what? Yeah. There was one year where, for some reason, oh, man, they had a three-point shooter that I can't remember now. But he would get hot, and Niagara just covered as a dog constantly yeah. because they're three-point variants. Like, whenever whenever they were playing, when they do the two-for, when they'd come down and play, like, two Jersey yeah, yeah. teams or two New York teams, it's like they, they would cover both every time it felt like when I when I would find a spot for them. But hey, yeah, I, I do love the MAAC, baby. I'll say this. Looking at their profile now to answer the question, Iona, 201st in strength of schedule, 74th. In non-conference strength of schedule, one and two against quad one, one yeah. and one against quad two, and two quad three losses, Monmouth and Belmont. Andy, they are not getting in if they don't win the tournament. They're not getting in. Not not with those numbers. Yeah, that <laughs> one quad one win. Just if one. they if they could have pulled that game out against St. Louis. Yes. That would have been massive. That's big. Honestly, the, the Belmont game, it was it was close. It was a yep. weird neutral site early in the season. And it was coming off like, what are you going to do? You're coming off a win against a top SEC team. That's a nasty letdown spot. But, yeah, a couple of the losses late in the year probably keep them out. I think – and I think, if, again, if uh, Josh here, if he's asking of the smaller one-bid teams like or one-bid conferences who's 100% guaranteed to be in even if they lose, I think it's only Murray. Yeah. You know, if you want to, it depends on where you want to cut off these conferences. Like the Atlantic 10 is getting in a couple, yeah. the American, the American, it's, you know, Memphis and Houston are both getting in. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. there, there's a couple of these, but the ones that are truly always one bid conferences and they always will be one bid conferences. It's probably just Murray state that can lose their conference and still get in. A lot of these want like these one seats, yep. they, they have to win for the most part. Yeah, the big question will be Loyola Chicago, not specifically a one seed, but Loyola Chicago, 21 and seven, 115 strength of schedule, 48 non conference, three and four against quad two wins. I don't think Loyola Chicago is getting in. Uh, they, they, they're going to, I think they got to win it. And that'll be a big test case because, of course, they have the pageantry, Loyola Chicago, but I, I'm not sure about that. And that's the part I struggle with. And I look at a bunch of different sites to see. I don't get deep into the bracketology because I, I wish I could run some more. I'm, it's funny. You know, Sam Hoppin? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we got him working on a lot of golf stuff. And yeah. I hit him with something this morning. And he, I, I, if he was looking at me like it was just on Slack, I, I feel like he'd get looked at me cross-eyed <laughs> because I gave him a project like, hey, what if we did this? And, and basically, I think he wants to say, like, Andy, that's like a multi-month project for the tournament like no no i mean like next year because i i wanted to do some stuff looking at like taking nat taking you know a bunch of these rankings yeah and see like what what is predictive for seeding what it what are what are the you know can we predict what the you know what the selection committee is doing what they're doing because i feel like lunardi's just mailing it in at this point like god bless him for many many years it's been a great resource but like a lot of the bracketology is all the same i said Mm -hmm. like could we could we run some end of year stats and see like what mattered in years past to the committee and then predict where people are going to be seated and who's out in the bubble and uh, and then i said like next year sam like next year this is a this is a winter project for sure i I think that'd be a ton of fun because but yeah i think i think you're right too on loyola like 
that's and that where I was going with that point is I strongly disagree with Ken Palm's ranking of having them as their 32nd team. Like yep. that that's just wrong. Like I have them, I have them in the 50s. Like that's kind of where they should I agree. Be. Hey, they'll see in the Missouri Valley. They'll see the deal. That that that'll be what. Oh, that's a, that's a thing. If they lose their first game, then yeah. they're out for sure. Like if, yeah. if they just if they just cough it up right away, they're done. So, all right. Well, I'm going to close her down. Thanks a lot for joining us again, Mike. Thanks for everyone in the chat. Thanks for everyone listening. If you watch this on YouTube, give it a thumbs up. Thanks to our title sponsor, FanDuel. If you live in Illinois, I forgot to mention that, guys. Mobile betting's back on Saturday. I don't understand your government down there. You're screwing it all up, but you had mobile betting and then you took it away and now we're giving it back apparently. So you can pre-register, but it's nice. You can pre-register again and get like a hundred dollars free. So pre-register for FanDuel. I'll have some links in the description. And I think you get a thousand dollar free bets on, uh, on the day they go live if you want to take advantage of that too. So FanDuel again is live in Illinois on your mobile device again. I feel like we did this like six months ago and it's just groundhog day with this. So congrats to the city of Chicago and the rest of that state. And we will catch you next Monday. I was mostly stalling so I could try to find that music thing. Dan usually clicks that. So I got to remember to end the broadcast too. There's so many things to do when you're a producer and the